The phone conversation between fantasy veterans Bob Harris and Matt Waldman is a quick and dirty rundown of players, units, or teams from Sunday's games. Feel it or fuck it is our instant verdict on the fantasy value of a player or situation, not the ability, effort, or character of the player. This is just how two old-timers in this industry talk when they got a lot of cover in a little time. Good morning, Matt. How are we doing today? I think I had a little too much to drink of football last night, but, you know, the hair of the dog, my man, the hair of the dog. So I'm, I'm going right to the spinach. That's uh, my, my go-to here. That was uh, the, the repair drink uh, after a long day of watching the football. All kinds of exciting stuff going on. It's because, it's you know, when they do the early kickoff, you know, it alters my entire, I have this finely honed, precise routine <clears throat> then the NFL comes along and sticks a big European spoke in my uh, stick in my spokes. Yeah, and uh, and the whole schedule falls apart. But but yeah. it worked out pretty well, and then the game was actually uh, kind of enjoyable. So hell, I'll take it. I'll take all day football. <laughs> yeah, I think that that'll work. I got all day football ahead of me today, as you you do too. So let's get it going, man. Bailey Zappy. Uh feel it. For what it is, a uh, guy coming in off the bench, catching people a little off guard, extremely competent, uh, m maybe more so than what I expect from the uh, offensive coaching in New England. So good for him. Yeah, as a as a journeyman starter, like down the line, I'm feeling it. Like as a guy who's going to re reel off like a long winning streak and become the next Tom Brady. Yeah, fuck that. So. Alec Pierce. We're going to revisit Alec oh, okay. Pierce. Okay, so, so you're not happy with my last week. So uh, Was it last week that we did this? It might have been. Last week, I don't know. It was one week where I didn't feel him as much as you wanted me to feel him. I'm still not feeling him that much, but I'm not going to fuck him. It's, I mean, it's okay. He's obviously a, you know, a piece of this passing attack. And when the offense is scoring some points, it's, you know, it's maybe going to be okay. I mean, if, if you if you held me down, slapped me in the middle of the night and put a flashlight in my face, I would say Michael Pittman is the answer to any question about this passing attack or this receiving core. Yeah, it seems like a seems like a carousel with guys right now. But I think that Alec Pierce is going to turn around at the point that you take the snapshot of it where you're going to see him square on the horse. So I think Alec Dynasty, Pierce is going to yes. feel it. So, okay. all right, Jonathan Taylor. So I wanted I wanted to feel this. I, I I just want you know going into yesterday's game, he's like 15 points ahead of last year's fantasy point total at this time of the year, right? He's just tended to come on a little bit. Now with the ankle injury, I'm a little bit you know unhappy about this. I think he won't play this week with the short turnaround. So fuck him this week. But man, on the long term, people, you're going to get what you paid for. You just might have to be a little patient about it. I know patience is not our virtue, but give it a try. Feel it, feel it, feel it, feel it. Chig Okwanko. I want to say, fuck it. I want to say when you have three tight ends, you have none. And that's mostly true, right? I mean, some weeks it's going to be Jeff Swain. Maybe Austin Hooper's going to show up. I do like the talent, this kid. And, you know, a lot of buzz out of him coming into camp and, and all that. But, but again, the three tight end committees are not uh, Bob Harris's thing at all. I'm, I'm a sucker for ah! I'm I'm a sucker for the uh, the most athletic tight end of the bunch in a Tennessee offense um because I get the Delaney Walker vibes but I'm with you Jig fuck it for right now right you're gonna test this on me rotation. later when I when you hit one of my favorite guys but that's okay go ahead okay. I'm gonna go I'm gonna throw one in here Damian Pierce who I've been feeling a little bit more Look, it was a huge game against the Chargers. Everybody apparently gets a huge game against the Chargers defense, right? And this time without Joey Bosa, 
But where are we out in Damian Pierce in general? Oh, totally feeling Damian Pierce because finally they figured out that he can catch the ball and that they maybe should throw it to him on occasion. And you can see what happens when he finds a crease. He's not a he he's not a blazer, even though he had that seventy plus yard run. You can see that once he gets a runway, he can get going. It's kind of like Jamal Williams yesterday too. You know, if you give him a big crease, he's going to go through it. And these defenses playing these two high shells, they're just getting. You know, they're just getting the baseball bat whenever they play those two high shells and an offense says, oh, we can run gap plays with this. Anthony Dixon, if you remember Booby Dixon from the 49ers, he would have like had a fun time in the NFL out of Mississippi State if he had if he got to play against these defenses. But alas, he was 12 years too early. Marcus Murray. No, let's not do. Yeah, Marcus Mariota. Why not? Marcus Mariota. So this, I feel like this is like, you know, some kind of torture porn here as uh, <laughs> someone who is all in on Mariota going into this week. And I was, I mean, you're not going to deny it. And like, we all know why, right? The rushing equity has buoyed him and kept him relevant. And he didn't get any of that and also didn't pass the ball very well. Um, So like, I'm not feeling it. Generally, I'm not feeling, but I'm feeling for what he is. Like if you're in a super flex league and you need that guy, maybe the third guy, or you're kind of streaming that second quarterback, I think he's a viable option any given week, as long as he still has the job, which after this past game uh, is seems more tenuous than maybe it did going into this game. This is the big sign, okay? Cleveland, Cleveland loses if the Atlanta Falcons use their third and fourth string running backs and continue running the ball. They ran the ball 10 straight times on a drive. The last time that happened, Mike Shanahan was coach of the Denver Broncos. I'm, I'm willing to bet that it was probably the last time. And they lose if they the the Falcons lose if Marcus Mariota has to throw the ball to win. I mean that's the way I saw it. He made some good plays, but if you notice, it's one or the other with Kyle Pitts and Drake London or neither. It's it's not both. That's going to be the rare answer with him. And I think it's going to be the case with Desmond Ritter too. Just Ritter's going to do a little bit more little better field reading or get luckier with it because he's going to try. So, yeah, not feeling it. DJ Moore ain't feeling it. We saw the interview this week. He is not. <laughs> he's like, fuck he's right. this. He's right. You're right. Like, so exactly what he said is true. You know, the, I mean, you're open in the NFL when you have a yard, right, or a half yard. I mean, that's that's open in the in this league. And we talk about this all the time, the, the level of competition – in college, the best guys, the separation between the best guys and the not best guys is, and the separation in the NFL between the best guys and the not best guys. So he's he's right, and Baker Mayfield probably not one of the best guys. So that's his problem. I feel I feel DJ Moore. I feel for DJ Moore. Baker Mayfield, I don't feel you, man. I'm, and Sam Darnold's coming off the IR this week. I, I'm, no, I, am wait, feeling, I ain't feeling him either. I am feeling Sam Darnold over Baker Mayfield within about three weeks at at the longest. Oh, maybe this week. Honestly. I'm, I'm I'm hoping so because everything you described, I used to use Baker Mayfield as the example at Oklahoma as to why people are freaking out over him at Oklahoma. But what open is at Oklahoma and open is in the NFL, vastly different. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fuck the game of Baker Mayfield. It's not working. DJ Moore, I'm feeling for you. I agree. But yeah, fuck 
fuck that for a fantasy right now. Hold out hope one couple more weeks for Sam Darnold. Otherwise, you're just going to have to eat the cost. <laughs> this is what it's come to. We're holding out hope for Sam Darnold. <laughs> I oh know. I know. But, you We're know, new. we got somebody else on the list that we would have equated with Sam Darnold. And now, now they may be legit. How about old Caleb Huntley? One of the one of the guys who got eight of the ten carries, uh, you know, on a drive and scored a touchdown. So, so let's throw Tyler. Let's throw Tyler Algier in here too, and, and go with both of them. A package deal. Yeah. Let's make it a package deal. And like I felt it this week. Like so, I want to feel Tyler Algier because I kind of agreed with something Michael Rothstein wrote back. I think it was like heading into camp, or maybe even right after the draft. Is you know, uh, Tyler Algier's range of possible outcomes is. He's the starting running back for the Atlanta Falcons or he's cut right now. You know, he's edging towards that, you know, starting running back side. Look, Cordero Patterson isn't going away, but we know they don't want to use him, you know, full time every week. They did in Seattle and look what it got him this week, a beat up knee. He's not a young man. And so I do think they want to use more Tyler Algier. So I'm feeling him a little bit, but Caleb Huntley could work his way into this conversation, which seems like he was doing it in August. Now it seems like he's doing it again. Now, with you know, Damian Williams gone kind of, the equation there so like i'm not feeling any of these guys i'm just hopeful for my one of my narratives one of my happy stories i told myself when i drafted tyler i will deer with really late uh best ball shares comes true yeah i'm i'm not feeling either of them as a starter you hate running, tyler algier i'm you i hate him i hate his game i gotta be you honest. hate him and uh, after watching it after watching it again he even tiki barber who's literally watching the game I th- yeah, he was commentating on the game. Saw the same things. He's like, yeah, whenever Tyler Gaugier is in the game, he's just heading straight for where it's supposed to be. Has no nuance for what <clears> he's <throat> supposed to do. They brought in Caleb Huntley because Caleb Huntley understood at least what track he was supposed to be on and how to how to manipulate that track a little bit. Whereas Algier, it's kind of more like jetpack strapped to his ass you know, and blindfold on and let me ram in there. And he got a hater. What about Josh Jacobs? Josh Jacobs. Let's get to something serious. I love Josh Jacobs. Love Josh Jacobs. Playing great. I am totally feeling Josh Jacobs. Playing great football. Playing the football that I I saw him at Alabama play. Um, Is that sustainable, Matt? Is that sustainable? The fact that he's done it for more than one game and hasn't gotten hurt, you know, I'm I'm betting on it being sustainable. I'm feeling it because it's a free agent <clears throat> year for him. I think yeah, I, I'm feeling this in terms of like a lot of things we're going to discuss here, you know, going forward. I'm starting to feel a little better about the information I have to base my feelings or fuckums on. Right? Uh, you know, <laughs> we have four games now. We don't have one game. We don't have two games where there was a lot of confusion and and uncertainty and things didn't seem normalized. I feel like we're getting a little normalization now. And and that seems to be how I feel as we head into each October. So I like the direction this is going. Uh, I feel him for the uh, price I invested in him at. Uh, I feel that all day long. So yeah, I'm with you. All right. Well, I'm just curious now, and I've never asked you this question, but we do this at the Audible on Thursdays on a lot, is I want to know what you're feeling in, and which one you're fucking with saying, no, I'm not fucking with that. In the in the cabinet behind you, I was zero that. I, <laughs> I will not let a thief in my mouth that might steal my brain, Matt Waldman. To quote the great Matty Ross, Ross from True Grit. Uh, uh, it's been like I haven't touched any of those for like I want to say almost thirty years, not over thirty years. But now. it's nice and decorative, so it is go. nice and decorative. And you know, people come to the house and they want to be entertained. You know, yeah. well, no, people don't come to the house. <laughs> 
that was a lie. <laughs> All right, Joe Mixon, are you feeling that? Uh, no, I'm not feeling it. But you're not fucking it because you invested in it, right? I mean, you know, you're not bailing. And th- this is the thing that I talk about every year: is don't draft last year's best team, right? Um, but and and it makes perfect sense, right? You're trying to reject this year's great players. That said, you know, you have to invest in somebody in the first round. Right. You, you know, you, even though I think some of this year's best players are going to be, you know, first round picks maybe next year, I don't have to pay that price for them, but I have to pay that price for someone. And I think a lot of the players we end up with in that first round are, are for that reason, we, because that's where you have to take them or you're not going to take them and you, you can't skip the first round. Joe Mixon is that guy. He's the guy that you're taking in the first round because you can't skip him. Look, Najee Harris, you're in that club too. Welcome to it. Oh, you know, a number of these first rounders are this year. We may talk about some more of them today, but I, but. You know, Feel look, it or fuck it. Fuck it. He's running in the light boxes and he's getting nothing done. He needs to be more efficient, and I, I haven't seen it yet. I'm I think that I just like put it this way. As long as the Bengals offensive line stays healthy, they'll get it together and we'll see better creases for Joe Mixon. That's where I'm at with that. Well, I guess that's what we have to hope for, because again, we paid for him. We bought it. We broke it. We bought it. We, <laughs> no, he broke it. We bought it. We're paying for it. It's gone. <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. That didn't work. Teddy that didn't work at all. It's okay. It's Monday. Teddy Bridgewater. Where am I? <laughs> Teddy Bridgewater. Ted, uh, I'm I'm kind of I'm kind of feeling Skylar Thompson. Just gut, <laughs> gut feeling. There's a shocking development. Just the, I know. Gut feeling. I just, I've had a gut feeling kind of this year. That's why I've kept him with no, like, for no business. Him, he should be on any of my rosters. I even won a league last week, this week, with Skylar Thompson as my starting quarterback because we can only start players with four years or less in the league, and Mac Jones got hurt. So, um, I only had Skylar Thompson, but I'll put it this way. I'm feeling, I'm feeling this offense enough that, you know, in a super flex, Teddy Bridgewater's fine in a, in a regular league, you need them. He's a matchup player at best. So right. I'd so say overall, fuck for, it, but for yeah. the, you know, just feeling a little hope for the people who have invested in Tyree kill and Jalen Waddle feel like you might get a little something out of that. I, I am feeling Skylar Thompson if he gets in the game. I'm just telling you right now because, yeah, he, I'm, it's this there. The, this is the whole reason we're talking about Teddy Bridgewater so you can talk about This is a Skylar Thompson question. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. And I'm feeling it and it was in disguise. I love it. All right, the fact all right, rookie scouting portfolio, dude. Uh, Kenny Pickett. I, I, I'm feeling what he did yesterday just for the fact that he got in there and for the next three to five games, I'm feeling it. After that, fuck it because that's when defenses do their have done enough scouting. They figured him out and everybody goes, they should have brought him in a long time ago. Are going to be the same people who goes, well, maybe they need to bench him again. Maybe they need to put Mason Rudolph. No, fuck that with Mason Rudolph. Um, but Kenny Pickett, three to four, three to five games, I'm I'm feeling it fine. I thought he was a very exciting young man. Not as exciting as Zach Wilson. Let's talk about him. Zach Wilson, feel him or fuck him. No, not, nobody's mom. Everyone calm down. <laughs> Go ahead. Mom, calm down. Yeah, fuck it. No, 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 no. And, and the rationale is, is that he's not great under pressure. He, I don't think that he reads the field extraordinarily well. I don't think he's. He, I still think that he has issues with really reading the leverage of cornerbacks on on defenders and thinking he's still at BYU and get away with some of the throws that he can make. And frankly, Joe Flacco gets better production out of this offense. Joe Flacco, Joe Flacco, who? Joe Flacco. Yeah. Well, you know, 
I I'd like to joke my buddy Cecil and and Sigmund think they're he's elite, but then they tell me fuck that for making that statement. They probably just say fuck you for making that statement at least off the air. Um, yeah, <laughs> not <laughs> you, Zach Wilson. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah I want to be careful. Um, so so like he the team is totally invested in him, right? The coaching staff. He's not going away. Obviously, I mean, they're going to take this diminished production and uh, the pieces around him are great. Uh, so I'm hoping he can get enough done to float those boats. Right. That's the, the pieces I'm interested in. Um, Elijah Moore, Garrett Wilson, to some degree. Corey Davis seems like he's going to win. So he's feeling it for sure. Um, but honestly, if you're playing anyone except Brees Hall in this offense, you might be taking your chances. Fuck Dude, that, that carefulness that you had. Uh, are some of your producers at Sirius Jets fans? No. Okay. 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 Just Noah Brown. No. <laughs> I I'm feeling Noah Brown as a as a still like a, a flex play, like kind of a bye week play, but as a starter with Michael Gallup back, he's he's going to be the third receiver in the offense, which means he's probably the fourth or fifth option. So fuck it. Now it's too late. Tony Pollard. I'm I'm kind of feeling Tony Pollard in the sense that. Uh, it, you know, he's the big play option. They're going to force feed him the ball. He still doesn't run an eight man box as nearly as well as, as Zeke. Um, and he's, he's kind of the, uh, he's kind of the bat that the analytics people use to, to beat Ezekiel Elliott to death. Um, and all they're really trying to do is beat the salary to death, but their, their tact and rhetoric needs a fuck it for, you know, in terms of their approach. So I'm feeling Tony Pollard. You I'm feeling to go out, go out and buy people, you know, if you can just based on, you know, a poor, a relatively poor showing against the commanders, go out and buy that. He's got a lot of, I, he, I think he's a, a solid standalone flex, flex play with upside. So, so go with that. Yeah. Well, how about old, how about old Jamar chase <clears throat> feeling him, uh, feeling the opposing defensive coordinators focusing all their attention on him and clearing the path for T. Higgins, who I have way more shares of. Appreciate you, Jamar Chase. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm feeling Jamar Chase, and he's to me, he's the guy that I would have invested in top three uh, among wide receivers this year, and I still feel like that that's going to pay off down the line, even though you know T. Higgins is getting his and and all the all the stat boys out there like my stat boy Dwayne Dwayne McFarland who's talking about T and all the usage opportunities and things like that but my buddy Adam Harstead who's going to talk about regression pretty much would probably make the bet on the Jamar Chase side and and let you know that within about 4 weeks that you, you wish you hadn't have traded him away Kyle What's he say about uh Kyle Pitts? <laughs> <laughs> what do you say about Kyle Pitts? Fuck it and and it's really it's actually Arthur Smith, you know, saying unintentionally fuck you because he's you know he's got marcus Mariota in that offense and a lot of what they're doing to get players open is using one to as bait to basically set up the other based on putting them on the routes on the same side of the field or with the fact that pitts is getting the best guy covering him on enough of a basis that with some of the routes that they run with him teams are more worried about kyle pitts stretching the field and winning over them as opposed to um drake london where drake london gets more maybe more the intermediate work and on top of that if they're split on opposite sides of the field well mariota has difficulty reading both reading the full field in time and making a move in the pocket so no fuck so it. so you're telling all these people that's just a sunk cost uh you got to throw it away uh, whatever you invested in him like i think right now everyone welcome to be their... a falcons fan 
right. Everyone, everyone's playing their FOMO right here. The fear of missing out on the big game, right? That's the only reason you're playing Kyle Pitts right now is because you're scared that when he does break out, it's going to be on your bench. Don't be scared of that. Play Will Disley instead. Will Disley, feeling it or pocket it? Oh. I'm like breaking my own rule about three tight ends. I'm, I'm totally, <laughs> but I, but I'm feeling it because he's the guy in the red zone. And he's he's probably their best option up the scene because he's so physical and he times his positioning very well on back shoulders. You know, Colby Parkinson isn't really an option that you that you sit there and say, well, he's getting stat, he's getting production. He is. It's off those play action wheel routes or those seam, double mm-hmm. seams where he's wide open catching the ball. The, when it's money time, Will Disley's the guy they target. So I'm recusing myself from this one because I've been firing the dismissal now for two years, and uh, I will continue to do so, even though he is a three-man c- committee guy. Uh, uh, look, don't play him every week if you don't have to, but right. if you have to, he's the he's one of those pieces that you can't. Uh, T.J. Hawkinson's a different story, though. Oh yeah, o- always felt T.J. Hawkinson. Still feeling. I'm feeling that they're having to use him now. Right. I'm, I'm a little worried <clears> when. When the sun god returns, but I would say that you know, but I, I'm hoping that they've discovered some things here because between him and Josh Reynolds, who we profiled last week, um, they both had fantastic games, and and you can see what Hawkinson is able to do when he's featured. I hope that they they feature him a little <clears throat> bit more. I'm still yeah, feeling it. I would I would feel a lot, I would have felt a lot better uh, about Josh Reynolds last week uh, had I known there was going to be no Amon Ross St. Brown, no DJ Chark. No DeAndre Swift, all those pieces would be gone because that relationship with you know with Jared Goff going back to their time together with Rams worked out his favor. But TJ Hawkins is a really good player who's caught in a situation where there are a lot of really productive pieces there. Well, uh, but I mean, feeling all of this, feeling all of this uh, because of a lousy defense that can't stop anyone. They're on track to give up the most points, I think, yeah. in the history of the world or something. Yeah. So. Uh, so uh, and love you, Aaron Glenn, but you gotta you gotta nut up, buddy. Get something yeah. done. I got and you know I'm I was feeling that they finally discovered that Josh Reynolds is an excellent contested catch player, and you should throw the ball up to him in contested situations, and let him do what he did at Texas A and M, which they never did for him in L.A. They had him running out of the slot, running dig routes and crossers and seams. I I'm just you know that catch he made in the end zone was. Vintage Texas A&M. All right, all right, runs. all right. Nobody likes nobody likes Josh Reynolds that much. Test time. Darnell Mooney. The fantasy pharaoh likes him. Fuck that. Darnell Mooney. <laughs> da- da- Darnell Mooney. Ah, uh, fuck it. No, I I mean I love that he works. I'm feeling him. He's a he's a worker. He's going to overcome this, but I don't think it's going to. He's going to overcome it this year Not with right. the Bears. He's- Classic case of feeling the player, fuck the circumstance, situation, scheme, <clears throat> role, etc. All those things are happening. Uh, how about Rashad Penny? I'm look. I'm gonna not lie. I'm feeling this all day long. I'm gonna tell you why. Uh, you, because Pete Carroll is uh, among the more predictable creatures uh, on the on the on the planet, right? I mean, when he finds his running back, he will hold on to that thing until he can no longer hold on to it. We saw it with Chris Carson when yeah. Rashad Penny came in as a first round pick. Yet there was no switch over. Yes, Kenneth Walker third is the best thing since sliced bread. I get it. He's also mired behind a guy that Pete Carroll currently covets and Rashad Penny. We saw last season Rashad Penny over the final six games run for 200 yards more than any other running back in the NFL. I'm not saying that should be the expectation any more than I should say 
the game against Detroit should be the expectation, right? He's not going to score you 28 fantasy points every damn week. But he is going to be the front end of that rushing attack, I think, for the foreseeable future. And if you were drafting Kenneth Walker expecting to be that, I feel bad for you. You mean they drafted C.J. Procise in the first round or in the second round, and they <laughs> held on to him after he had a really good showing against the Patriots and didn't do anything with him? Oh, I can't believe that. You, you're telling me stories. Look, Rashad Penny was a gap runner at San Diego State. This is a gap running league against these two high shells. I'm feeling it all day long. How about Geno Smith, though? Are you feeling Geno Smith and what he's doing? Or was this a Lions, was this a this Lions, Lions freebie? This was a Lions freebie. And, you know, you mentioned Dwayne McFarlane. He talked about DK Metcalf's prowess against pure, pure man coverage. Uh, we saw We saw an example of this. Uh, and, uh, and, and Geno Smith benefited. Like, I don't think Geno Smith's as bad as we made it out in our fantasy drafts, which we tend to do, right? When we, you know, we did the same thing with Amari Cooper. I mean, there was no reason Amari Cooper should have been going at the price he was going at any more than DK Metcalf probably should have been going at his price. I mean, we'll see what at the end of the season, but we inflate or, you know, we blow these fears up in our mind a great degree. D, you know, Geno Smith's been around a while. He has something a lot of the quarterbacks that are, you know, playing around him don't have is a lot of experience and that's worth something in the NFL. Even if it's not going to be in my fantasy lineup, it should help him float the boats of those around him. Uh, well, listen, if Rashad Penny can run the football, if, if Eric Metcalf can win against man, TJ Lockett can certainly DK win Metcalf. against him. Eric Metcalf doesn't play. Yeah, that's true. I, but I'm feeling Eric Metcalf, but DK, his cousin or nephew, I think it's his cousin is DK. And certainly DK, I'm feeling that. I'm feeling Geno Smith enough. I think there's enough a connection there. I think this offense is going to have enough going on that, you know, maybe not as a, not in a 12-team league, but in a 16-team league, you can use him as a low-end starter. I, think I feel like I just wrote him off him. and you wrote back. I, I did. That's pretty much it. Trademark. Trademark. There we go. Trademark. I don't know if I'm feeling, fuck that trademark though. <laughs> how about, how about this? My buddy, my buddy Ken Grant on Twitter was like saying, fuck this to all night. Every time I kept showing clip. Twitter clips of Patrick Mahomes doing his Dan Quisenberry and his Brett Favre and all his all his little antics of playing shortstop at the quarterback position. Are you feeling Patrick Mahomes and all those scr scrambling antics and heroics? Are you one of those guys that go everyone else doesn't who doesn't get a, does it doesn't get away with it? Everybody attacks them. It doesn't matter if I'm feeling it. It matters if Patrick Mahomes feeling it and he is feeling it right. I mean, it, you know, that it's his game, man. He's playing his game. And uh, when he's playing his game and all the things are working, fantasy managers are very happy. Yeah, because he can, because he can, and they can't. So fuck that idea <laughs> that he shouldn't. You know. So on that end note, man, I hope you have a good week. I'll have a fantastic week. Love you. Goodbye. Love you. Bye.